and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Katie Newland here. Hi, Katie. Hiya. <laughs> um, Katie is a dressage rider. She's an international dressage rider and she's aiming towards the under 25s Grand Prix uh, internationally next year. And we've got Amy on today because, um, as with everyone, she's got a, an awesome story to tell us. And um, she's also had to overcome adversity and had blips along the way. And so uh, another opportunity to hear from an awesome equestrian um, like yourself, Katie, who's who's had a bit of a journey. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, Katie. Um, so I am 20, nearly 21. Um, I live in Gloucestershire at Stow on the Wold and I am a dressage rider. So yeah. <laughs> and what is it that got you into dressage? Tell us a little bit about your your story then. Um, so I started riding when I was very young. I was very fortunate that I could start riding from the day dot. Essentially, I was put on ponies before I could probably walk. Um, throughout my childhood, I kind of did a bit of everything. I wanted to go down the sort of show jumping route. I wanted to bit of eventing I probably wasn't quite brave enough at the time to do it competitively and as much as I had fun doing everything I never wanted to do it sort of at an average level I always wanted to be competitive and to do it at the best level and to the best of my ability um in 2009 I must have been about nine years old I met Carol Hogg at the Unicorn um Carol runs under 21s UK which is sort of a dressage group for younger riders um she offers camps competitions uh she does big championships she did do them twice a year a couple of years ago and it was a really good way of getting the youngsters together that all had sort of the same hobby the same passion um and then sort of pointing them in the right direction I probably wouldn't be doing dressage if it wasn't for Carol um, as she's the one that sort of showed me there was these opportunities this is what I could do with my career this is where I could go um, and yeah from sort of that period in my life everything else sort of slowed down and I kind of started going down the dressage route um, and enjoying it more and more as every year went on. <laughs> cool so tell us a little bit more then so you were put on ponies Oh, probably you could probably just about walk I would think it too couldn't you but not quite yeah. almost before you could walk yeah. um, so tell us a little bit about that you're saying your grandma used to race she was a jockey yeah so my grandma was um, a very good jockey she was one of the first ladies to ride in the Grand National um, which is obviously a big thing um, in our industry and then she also was quite a big part of the horse and hound many years ago um she used to write articles in the horse and hound um she was very well known for it and she was desperate for me to go down the racing route I think I think that was probably what everybody wanted me to do but I obviously wanted to do the complete opposite <laughs> but yeah I mean she was my inspiration from the day dot to be honest with you she was why I wanted to do it she did everything to her best ability and that's what made me want to do everything to my best ability I suppose um I think there is probably a little bit of pressure there as well because I feel like I want to she's no longer with us but I'd still want to make her as proud as I possibly could and be as good as I possibly could for her sake as well so what kind of a lady was she then what what was so inspirational about her do you think I mean gosh at her um, age to do what she did was quite something yeah absolutely I mean I think at the time it was it wasn't it wasn't a ladies sport um it's a, it's a very different industry now but back then it wasn't and she didn't really care you know she she knew what, what talent she had she knew what she wanted to do and she did it anyway despite what anyone had to say um I think it was a little bit different a couple of years ago there was no social media um the limelight she was still in the limelight but in a slightly different way um but I think she decided that's what she wanted to do she decided she was going to do it well and she stuck to it and she did it she achieved that and I think for me that's probably really inspiring as a person that's had periods in my life where I thought mm, can I do it is it going to work what other people have said and then you kind of just go do you know what I'm going to give it a go anyway what's the worst that's going to happen <laughs> 
So that kind of, you've got to work for it, you've got to make it happen and not worry about everyone else. How's that helped you in your time training and going up through the levels? Um, I think I have struggled with that a lot. Um, I've probably come out the other side now. I've got to a point in my life where I don't care anymore. I've kind of, I'm doing it because I want to do it and I'm having fun. But it hasn't always been like that. You know, I really, really struggled probably in my early teens the most um I wanted to be doing I wanted to be going and competing internationally I wanted to be the best at it I wanted to but there wasn't that opportunity for me at that time um the pony I had at the time was a very tricky pony and it it was a long road and now I look back at it and I think I really learned a lot from that experience and from getting through it and getting to where I wanted to be with him before I sort of ran out of the age group but at the time it was really frustrating and I found it really really difficult um I went and spoke to numerous different sports psychologists um about just focusing on me you know going into the warm-up and not looking at other people or not caring about what other people did but I did really care <laughs> um and as much as I kind of brushed under the carpet and acted like I didn't it would make me really grumpy my parents have always supported me but they've never done it for me you know I've always had to do they take me to the shows because I had no other way of getting there but and they would support me with the warm-up and helping tack up my ponies but there was no sort of background support through the training and things they had their own lives they were earning money so I could do it you know I had to kind of get on with it myself and I found it really hard at the time, you know, I take it all out on my mum, I take it all out on my dad, despite everything they were doing. Um, and now I look back and I think, God, I was horrible. But, <laughs> um, but at the time, I kind of was just doing the best I could possibly do. And I was dealing with everything in the way I could possibly deal with it. And it was a bumpy roller coaster. There was lots of tears. Um, but I kind of put ponies behind me. I got to where I wanted to be with my pony. I learned so much along the way in terms of producing horses going forward. Um, when I did come to horses, I managed to get a ride on a really lovely horse. And then because I had such a bumpy path in the pony journey, I found the horse journey quite straightforward, I suppose, compared to some other people. Um, and that kind of gave me a bit of confidence I could do it and I was capable. Um, and then I kind of didn't care anymore. You know, I was kind of over it once I sort of achieved what I wanted to. I was like, I can do anything now. <laughs> if I really want to, it'll be all right. <laughs> so if you were to be able to go back and give that teenage self some help or support yourself, what kind of things would you say to her? Or actually, is there, you just got to go through that journey. What do you think? I think uh, me personally, I had to do that. Um, I had to experience that. And I probably, I could never describe how hard I found it even now, you know. I'd be going to school and I would be in my lessons and I wouldn't be thinking about my lessons. I would be thinking about what I'm going to do when I get home with my ponies, who's doing what this weekend, who's at what competition, what am I going to do? You know, my head was only in the dressage, but it wasn't straightforward and focused. I was not focused at the time. I was all over the place because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I tried finding so many different trainers, um, and I kind of wanted somebody to sort of take me under their wing as such and, and support me, not just going there and having a lesson and then going home and then seeing them next week. I kind of wanted to be with somebody that I could talk to through the journey and I could use and I could, could find support from. And I probably didn't find that until my last year of ponies when I met um, the Boswells and they sort of they did that. They supported me through the whole journey. They were there all the time. I could text Johnny at any point and he'd give me an answer. You know, I'd be at school thinking about other things and I could just text him and say, oh, can we do this with the pony tonight? And we'd talk through it and they'll be fine. And it kind of gave me a little bit of direction. But at first it was all over the place. I just didn't. I knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't know how. And I kind of had to go through that, that journey, really. I think if I could talk to myself now, what would I say? just let it happen you know it's probably I was getting so worried about it and how it wasn't working and how it was going wrong and if I could say anything looking back now it would just be it's going to be fine just keep learning keep doing what you're doing keep trying don't give up and you will 
you'll get there. <laughs> and so what do you think you've gained from it? It certainly sounds like you gained a lot of strength of character from it and a lot of understanding about the learning. It, it's yeah. not always fun learning. Sometimes you've got to no. do the hard learning as well. So what, what would you say you've learned from that? Um, I think I learned how to deal with my... I've got quite a big personality, I suppose. And I think I would have arguments with myself, as crazy as that sounds. And I think I kind of learned how to manage that in my head and go, no, we're on the pony now, we're riding, do your job. Um, And at first it wasn't like that, it was all over the place. My head was everywhere, looking everywhere else. I was like a young horse. Um, But then I kind of learned how to focus myself with some support. And that's probably the biggest thing. I think obviously I learned how to produce horses, how to produce ponies along the way, having trickier types. Um, And that definitely helped, you know, now I've got, I'm quite lucky that I've got some really lovely horses coming through that are bred for the sport and they will be nice, but they probably wouldn't be so nice if I didn't know how to produce them from the get go. Um, So I've definitely learned a skill. Um, But I think the biggest thing is probably mentality. Um, You know, I would get up in the morning, I'd go and plat my pony, and I would have the biggest tantrum in the world. My pony would know we were going out, the lorry would be on the yard. And he I don't know if it was me giving off the vibes or if it was just everything going on that he knew we were going out. But I put him in the wash box to pat him and he would not stand still for the life of him. And he would throw his head in the air and it would stress me out. That moment, that half an hour of platting would be the worst. Um, and then I kind of, got to grips with it all and realized that it's probably me that's causing the problem and then he'd start to stand still over the year as the years went by and it become it became less stressful but I'd get into the lorry and I would be all over the place I'd have to go at least half an hour away just so I could chill out before I got anywhere <laughs> um but yeah we got there and I think now I, I'm much more carefree um that sort of stuff doesn't affect me anymore even when the we even when I've got eyes on me I I'm not as bothered I all I can do is the best that I can do why get so worried about it so what's changed I don't know I think that's a tricky question I think it's just growing up you know it's probably not just my journey I think it's probably the same for everybody I think especially to younger riders that are out there that that want to do it and don't feel like they can just give everything your best shot and what's the worst is going to happen you know you'll learn from it you'll try again and you will eventually get there it took me a little bit longer than it took other people but that's okay you know I still got there I still achieved what I wanted to achieve I think I don't know I don't think there's anything that necessarily changed I think I just learned I think I just learned along the way gained experience I probably failed a couple of times and that's what made me less scared of failure I suppose you know you go out you have a bad show you're upset about it it feels a bit crappy but it's okay you know you go out the next weekend and you'll do all right (laughs) it will come back I think you've got to have that failure you've got to have things go wrong to gain any sort of confidence because otherwise you're so scared of the unknown aren't you I think that's such a great insight, isn't it? That, you know, if we look at the people that have really succeeded in anything in life, often they've had either a very rocky childhood or a very difficult yeah. period in their life. And they've learned that resilience to pick themselves up and carry on. And they've learned that actually you come back from failure. So you don't need yeah. to be scared of failure. And I think yeah. you've had that journey quite early on. And although you say, you know, it took me a bit longer than others, it still hasn't taken you as long as some. You know, yeah. you're still young and able to do what you, you do. So tell us a little bit then about, I mean, I know you were ever given those perfect ponies those half a million pound little you know off they go and do what you ask them to ponies (laughs) so tell us a little bit of what it was like because obviously you were competing against those what's it like to be competing against that kind Uh, of caliber I think at first I I did find it really hard you know there was other kids out there that were mega talented kids on ponies that were really tricky you know don't get me wrong I was not by all means I was not the only kid out there that was finding it difficult but there are some kids that had an easier ride. It's not easy, you know, from the start, even when you've got a pony that is has done the job so well and it's been to that level and it knows what it's doing, it is still not an easy journey for any child at that age. Um, 
some it's just slightly more straightforward than others they've got the support there not necessarily just the pony but they've got the team behind them that are pushing them in the right direction that have the experience and know what they're doing we didn't um you know we were going into it with a pony that hadn't been there before that hadn't done it and he was talented don't get me wrong I was lucky I was lucky that he could do the job and he was eventually going to be very nice um but at the time he was hard work he was very very tense um I could hardly get a walk out of him which was a big thing in ponies um you know for the first couple of years I could not get anything more than a four for the walk because he just would jog he just would do these tiny little pigeon steps and I couldn't get it to relax and it, a lot of it was me probably as well making it even worse and as I became more carefree we started getting a bigger walk and then our marks started getting better and then I became even more carefree because I became more confident at what I could do but it's just that journey I think you know I did find it really hard at first he was extremely tense as a five-year-old when I bought him um and that's kind of why we were able to get such a talented pony for such little money because he was a little bit tricky um and we had a journey you know it was I could talk about it for years you know it was a long long process um and then when we started getting there he started mellowing a little bit and I think a lot of that was to do with me as well you know I think a lot of it was because ah oh, I'm actually doing what I want to do now I could take a step back I could take a breather and then we could go into the arena and we could get the walk for the 7.5 which is all I wanted you know I would I would be looking for higher marks with the rest of the test but all I wanted was seven <laughs> for the walk and then we started getting there and you know now he's with a new jockey he's with a lovely young um teenager that he's on lease to she's a brilliant rider she's going through that same journey that I went through now um I think I'm very proud of him as a pony because he wasn't he wasn't an FBI pony at the time when I bought him he was a very very nervous pony that had just come over from Europe he didn't know anything he'd been in work for less than four weeks when I bought him um and it was all new it was new to both of us at the time and I think now I'm very proud of what I managed to produce out of a very tense pony because he's going on and he's teaching another little little girl the, the same journey you know she's lucky that I want to be part of it and I can support her um and she's got that I've got that previous experience where I've done it and I can kind of guide her in that direction a little bit but I wish I had that at the time <laughs> it would have been really nice um but yeah I mean I think when I came onto horses I was much more prepared for the for the trip as much as the pony period in my life was a little bit more challenging for me than it was for some of the other riders out there. I think I was almost luckier when it came to horses because I'd been through that. I was already stronger. And where some of the other girls found it really hard going from ponies to horses, I was kind of ready for it. I was a little bit more prepared. Um, and I suppose that gave me more confidence essentially. And then it's, you start sort of, bouncing off yourself a little bit when you feel like you can do something it gives you more confidence then you have a bad day and you're like oh well failing's not that bad and then you start getting a, a more positive mindset as things go on cool that's awesome and what would you say then to any of the girls or boys that are out there who don't have you know the very very expensive ponies that are struggling or are really comparing themselves or are feeling not good enough or you know really really want this but don't have access to that kind of money or training or support what would you what would you say to them just do it you've got to just do it you know you can't you can't make excuses for yourself and I think that's what I did um when I was younger I kind of I wanted to make excuses for myself and what's that going to do you know no one's going to care and no one's going to feel sorry for you the selectors aren't going to select you because they because you're you feel sorry for yourself you know they're going to select the ponies that are the best that are going to go across and get the best scores because that's what we're going to do as a country we want to get the best scores so we can go and get the gold medal you know that's a, that's the aim and as much as anyone feels sorry for themselves it's not going to do any good you've just got to go there you've got to do your best you've got to go through the process that I think everyone has to go through in their life it might not be horses it could be anything it could be relationships it could be 
you know working in the gym it could be absolutely anything but there is a journey you've got to go through and sort of fight with yourself and have a bit of an argument and then get through it to the other side and I probably haven't even completed mine yet you know probably got loads more to learn um but you will you can do it you will get there um and you know it might be that the pony you're on now isn't your breakthrough pony you know it might be that it's not talented and it is a little bit tricky but keep doing it keep aiming for where you want to be because through that process you will learn how to ride and you'll learn how to train ponies and you'll learn the competition atmosphere and it might not be that you go and get the best scores but you will learn so much more for the future and then people will start seeing your journey and you might get opportunities to get rides on horses because they can think well she did that with that pony or he did that with that pony I've got this really talented horse what is he or she going to be able to do with my horse you know and you'll start finding opportunities um but you've got to do it you've got to get yourself out there you've got to be brave and you've got to not make excuses for yourself you've just got to do it I love that I absolutely love that it's so true isn't it it's like you know the selectors are selecting what they are you can sit there and have a pity party or you can wish that you had it or you can think that everyone else has got it easy but actually everyone's struggling in their own way and especially when you're younger and you don't have the same perspective as you do when you're older which is that you know it it very often feels like it's easier for everyone else or that you just want it to be made why can't you have the easy pony why do you have to have the struggles no one else does but actually it's all about perspective so your struggle is still your struggle it doesn't matter if it looks like someone else is having it easier or not they feel like they're struggling too so there's always you're always going to be doing it really aren't you it's all relative so I think that's the biggest thing I learned you know I kind of was really envious of some of the luckier riders that were out there and they were all super talented riders you know they didn't not deserve anything they deserved everything they got but I would just say that I found it a little bit more difficult because I was like, why, why can't I have that? Why can't I do that? But that's because that wasn't my journey. You know, my journey was a different one and they still had struggles. You know, they still had difficult times. They probably had the other, the other end of the scale where I'm so lucky I've got this pony. What's everyone going to think of me? You know, and I know riders that were in that, that situation and I've talked to them and I go, yeah we've both got the same we're struggling just as much just either end of the scale you know um it's interesting I think you've got to not compare yourself and when you're in the under 25 teams there is a lot of comparison um and you can't avoid that you know you're constantly being compared to every other rider that's out there that is the sport that's what happens that's what we do but you've got to not worry about it you just got to do the best that you could do as soon as you get on center line. And that's the only bit of advice I can give anybody, I suppose. <laughs> so how do you get yourself in that zone so that you can just concentrate either when you're warming up or you get down to center line? Have you got any tools or tips that you use? Anything that really works for you? So I have a playlist um, of songs that I play when I'm getting ready in the lorry and I avoid all people. Um, but when, I, when it's leading up to, I mean, for the smaller shows, I'm pretty easy going. I don't care. But when it comes to the bigger ones, I kind of have to be on my own because when I'm on my own, I don't stress myself out. I'm fine. But then if my mum comes in and starts saying, oh, where's your curb chain or where's this or where's that? I'm not intentionally because obviously she's only trying to help me. And I know that. I know that I'm lucky to have her there supporting me. But at the time, I'm just like, well I'm rude and I don't mean to be it's just the stress and it's just the pressure so I have start I started probably when I was about 15 14 15 I started getting ready completely on my own I was really lucky that my mum would help me and she would start going attacking the pony up for me so I could get myself ready I would be in the lorry um entirely on my own I would drink as much water as I could um so I always found when I get stressed I get really dehydrated I don't know that's just me um, and I'd also play, um, I had like a playlist that I set up, which was songs that would get me in the right mood because music's really good, but music can also be really bad. Um, so I found I, it was trial and error with me and I found it was really, really effective. But there were certain songs that I would play that would have a negative effect and there were certain songs that would have a positive effect. So I would play sort of some empowering songs that would make me feel a little bit better about myself. Um, 
make me feel like I could do it, make me feel like I was going to do it, make me feel determined, and then I would be sort of ready to to go. I would stay away from people as much as I possibly could. Um, and even in the warm up, my mum would have um, we always had the headset on, and she'd be talking to me, but I would never talk back to her. So we only had it one way because I think if I had the opportunity to talk back to her, it probably would turn into a bit of an argument. Um, whereas she's just telling me what the pony looks like or what the horse looks like. She's there saying, that's what it looks like. You've got no mirrors. She's my eyes from the ground. If I start saying, well, that's not how it feels, it's going to start having a negative effect. So we found that was the best way. Um, and it was, to be fair, you know, it got my focus a lot more on me. With her talking to me, I couldn't necessarily be comparing myself to other people in the warm-up or anything like that. I was focused on what I was riding, what not, what I was doing. Um, so that was kind of my routine, really. I kept keep myself to myself as much as I could before I went down the centre line. And it wasn't like I didn't love people because I, I am a people person. I like being around as many people as I can all the time. But in that moment, it wasn't fair on anybody else and it didn't work for me. So that was my little routine, really. Um, yeah. And what about after a test then? Because I, I know I work a lot with young people and their parents, helping them to understand how to best support their child. Yeah. Um, and often parents, like you say, she, they're trying to do their best, but they're not necessarily getting the reaction out of their kid that they want to get. But that's because they can, you know, they're dealing with whatever they need to deal with or they've got to do whatever they need to do. So it's great that you guys got into a routine and you found that. And that's really important pre-test. Then yeah. there's also the post-test element, isn't there? Like when you come out of that test, you've you've probably made that judgment as to whether you think it went well or not. And the first person you normally see is either your coach or your parent. They're about to give you something, take something, you know, do whatever they need to do. What did you, how did you deal with that? Because I know a lot of people can have a problem with that, especially with parent child situations and things. Yeah, like that. I think my mum always struggled. We as much as I came from a very horsey family from the early, early stages, my mum was never horsey until I was. Um, and my dad knew about racing and hunting. And that was it. So my parents were learning with me. You know, my pony was learning. I was learning. My parents were learning. And my coach at the time was also kind of learning about the process. Um, so we kind of did it with trial and error. You know, we kind of did that worked, that didn't work. And I think some parents need to be there for their children, but not too much. You know, I know a couple of kids that I teach that parents are so involved that it's nice because they care you know they're not doing it because they don't care they care they want the pony, their kids to do well but sometimes you've got to take a step back you know I'd go and have lessons away from my parents as well um as well as with them because they were obviously proud of me and they wanted to watch me but at the same time I've I had a job to do and I wanted to do it well and I needed to do it in the best way possible I think when I came out of the test we tried a couple of different things and if I felt it was bad I'd be in a bad mood or if I felt it was good and I'd be in a good mood as the years went on and I came sort of 14, 15, it would be more positive as I left the arena. And that might even be after a really terrible test, you know, even after I've been reti I got, I retired or even when it went really wrong, I'd come out and I'd be much more positive because it's done. You know, you've got to get that, that mindset that you've done your job now. There is nothing you can do to change it. Just deal with it, you know? And there's no point taking it on everyone else because it's not their fault. <laughs> but I think I would come out and I would obviously come over to my mum, my trainer, who was ever with me at the time. And they would always ask me how I thought it went first. Um, because there's no point if you're in a okay mood thinking it's going really well, there's nothing worse than someone coming in and saying, actually, that was horrible. Um, so I think I kind of got used to coming out, saying how I felt and then accepting what other people had to say and using it to learn from it. And it wasn't it wasn't about that was terrible. You've done bad. Let's go home. Day's done. It's about learning from it and going, OK, that was a really nice test. It did go really well, but that was wrong. That bit didn't work. That bit didn't work. And then learning from it, because in the moment you remember it a lot more than you do you know the next day or when you go for the next lesson you kind of got to face it then and it took me a while to accept that I could be quite groggy um when I first came out but then you kind of you get used to it and you get used to sort of communicating and I 
I'm much more able to communicate with my parents and my trainer now through the whole day at a show than I used to be. Um, but I think you've got to let the rider kind of lead it, let them say how they think it's gone and then put constructive comments into it. My parents would always video me as well. So I'd always watch the videos back um, and that's a really valuable tool. Uh, not even just nice just to have it, but it's also really valuable for you to actually watch it back in the moment. You've got a thought of what you think the test went like. What does it look like? Um, and especially when I sort of started riding horses, the way you ride a pony is very different from the way you ride a horse. And I, I would kind of go in the test and with no mirrors or anything around you, kind of, you have to kind of learn along the way how it feels versus how it looks. Um, and that was kind of quite a big thing. So the video was always good. Cool. Thanks for that. That's really, really useful for people as well. And and I, I mean, we talk about this being young rider problems, but actually it's not. It's human. It's, it's everyone. Just that, yeah. yeah, it's all the same stuff for everyone. So it's really useful. I have a question that I want to ask you now, and then I've got another topic that I want to ask you about. So Cassie has asked, what recommendations do you have for parents of future young riders? Do we need to be looking at a pony from Europe or can it be done on a native British type? Um, do you know what? I think you need to go with what you like and what you enjoy. Um, ponies is a tricky, tricky, probably one of the most tricky age categories, to be honest with you, because it's the youngest group and it's very competitive and there are some expensive ponies out there. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to go and do it at an international level, you've got to go and get the talented ponies. And there are talented ponies that are British bred. You know, you don't have to go to Germany. You don't have to go to Holland. But it kind of depends at where you want your child to enter from. Do you want your child to go in on a schoolmaster? Because for some kids, that's the right thing for them to do. You know, some kids, it is better for them to go in and learn on a schoolmaster and then get a younger pony and further down the line. Some kids don't have that opportunity and they need to go on a younger pony I think <clears throat> in terms of breeding you're gonna have a more talented pony that's sports bred um, and that's bred to do the job there's a lot of ponies now that are bred out of horses um, so they've got a much bigger movement but they're only 14 too they are going to be the more talented ponies but at the end of the day what's trainable what's consistent you know I think I found I didn't have the most talented pony. Um, I definitely didn't. But looking at other people that are riding on the team as well, I was in ponies. There was a lot of difference between someone that had a super talented pony that would go and score late 70s versus a pony that would go out and score 69% every week. And you kind it really depends on you, in all honesty. You know, if you've got a really strong passion for a new forest or a Welshie, do it. You know, there's no reason why with the right training and with the right mindset for you and the pony, there's no reason why you can't do that. Um, it's kind of, you've got to enjoy it. Those years, I think there is a lot of pressure on kids. And if you can try not to put too much pressure on them until a little bit later on, but do what they love, do what they want to do, find the pony that they get on with, they have a connection with and go from there. And again, I think that's true for anything in life, isn't it? You know, find the horse that you love, and, and do what you can with that horse yeah um certainly I know everyone that I've been interviewing on here has said you put the right training in you have the right system you can take a really mediocre horse to, to some really yeah. decent levels you absolutely know, it's about bodies isn't it at the end of the day if you've got the mind yeah and you can do it cool okay so um I just wanted to ask you about you had a break when you you had a couple of years out um, because you, you really struggled at that point in time. And I think it's really important for people to, we've heard about your success. We have heard a little bit about your struggles for sure when you're in ponies and things. Um, but what we haven't heard is, you know, the bits that people never really hear about on people's journeys, is it? which is the absolute hit the floor moments when you've got to get back up, brush yourself off and decide whether or not actually you're on the path for what you want or not. So tell us a little bit about 2017 and what kind of went on for you there. Um, it was a funny year because I started the year in a really good place. I So I went to um, junior squadding, which was my first year in 2016. And I didn't get selected, um, but that was fine. I knew I wasn't going to get selected because I, <clears throat> I wasn't there. You know, I wanted to be seen, but I wasn't there. I wasn't ready. 
um, a couple of months down the line and I got invited to squad training, which was like the biggest thing ever for me. Like I was so happy. Um, and that was like my breakthrough because it was like I've been noticed. Um, everything I put in had finally sort of paid off a little bit. So I went and it went it went really well and I had fun and that gave me more confidence. And then we were getting we were really getting there with my training altogether. My horse Sneaky at the time was going really well. Um, we were ready to sort of go and hopefully have a really good shot at an international season. Um, and then we went to Addington High Profile in the first month of 2017. And we had no problems leading up. He was going really well. Um, it was going to be my first run through of my junior music, which I was really excited for. And I went into the warm up, warmed him up, walked trot in like a stretchy frame, asked for counter, and he started rearing. Um, and that was completely new. That was completely out of the blue. We'd never seen that up until the warm up of Addington. Um, but it was fine. I had my mum in my ear saying, it's going to be okay, you know, breathe, settle down and push him forward so we got him forward got him cantering got him stretching and then just as I start to pick him up because it took a little bit longer than I was expecting I got pulled in for my test so mum was like we're just gonna have to do it we're just gonna have to go and give it your best shot and I've been speaking to the selectors the weekend previously I knew they were going to be there I knew they were going to watch my test because I'd been saying how well he's been going over the last couple of weeks and we went in and the trot work was really good um I got my sheet back obviously and my trot work I would have been on for probably one of my best scores that I'd ever achieved and then I asked for canter and I could feel his back was up I was trying to ride it as sympathetically as I could and I was really focused at this time you know I wasn't having mindset issues because I was kind of feeling more confident about what I could do and where I was with my career and then I came to do my first change and he just said no and he just threw his toys out of the pram and started rearing, at which point I retired because that was something not right. You know, that wasn't him. That had never happened before. So I was obviously gutted, but we learned from these things, these things happen. And I knew it wasn't going to just be a smooth ride up to where I wanted to be. So I kind of accepted it. We got him back. I was very lucky that at that moment in time, I had the best team around me um, within 48 hours we had the vet we had the dentist we had the physio we had the saddler you know everyone was coming out to me from all over the country you know um and that was really really endearing for me because I thought do you know what I've actually got people around me that, that care and want me to do well and we went through a long old process of finding out what the root of this problem was we knew it wasn't naughtiness we knew it wasn't the teeth we'd eliminated loads of different problems um but we didn't have the finances at the time to just go and x-ray scan every bone in his body um so it took a little bit longer than it may have taken for other people a couple of months down the line we found out that he had kissing spines um we were quite lucky it wasn't really bad he didn't have to be operated on we just had to inject um the joint at the time and we slowly started bringing him back into work i had a lot of help and support from levi hunt at the time um he had sneaky with levi and he was really helpful through the sort of rehab process and getting him to where I wanted to be. He knew I wanted to finish that season um, at an international because that was my aim. You know, um, it was my first year on horse and that's what I went there to do. That's what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to put any pressure on Sneaky. If he couldn't do it, he couldn't do it. And that was fine. Um, but I was quite lucky that he did start getting stronger and we just started getting him forward again. And he started working over his back confidently and comfortable and we were getting there we started going and doing a couple of tests I wasn't as focused as I was at the start of the year um as much as it shouldn't have set me back in my mindset it did um enormously and I really struggled it knocked me back so much every test I'd go to I'd be like it wasn't nerves that he was going to rear it was more nerves that it was going to go wrong and I was going to get a bad score again and I didn't want to get this repeat in my record. And that's all I had in my head at the time. And I knew the selectors were still talking to me and watching me. And I didn't want them to think that there was a problem as such. And I didn't want to think that he was going to start being unreliable and inconsistent because that wasn't him. He was just, he was in pain at the time. So it was a bit, it was a complicated one. Um, and then we started getting towards the end of the season and 
we've got a couple of tests behind us, we've got the scores back. And then we got selected for Hickstead CDI um, in July, which happened to, the team test happened to fall on my 18th birthday. Um, so leading up to that, I was really excited. I got all my kit. Um, that was like my breakthrough for me. I, you know, that was a really big moment, but I was not as focused um, as I was at the start of the year. And I was previously, I was kind of all over the place. I was finishing college at the same time. I had loads of stuff going on in my life and I wasn't the same rider I was 12 months prior. Um, I've kind of taken a couple of steps back. And then we got to Hickstead. I was very excited. It was meant to be like one of the best weekends of my life and it could not have gone any more wrong. <laughs> um, I took him to the trot up and everything. He was fine. He was really chilled. He was going really nicely, you know, in all my warm ups and um, working in sessions, he was going really well. And then I woke up on the day of my individual, I think it was, and I felt so ill. Like, I don't know what happened or what I'd eaten or anything, but I was as white as anything and I felt like I was getting sick. And I went into the warm up um, and I felt so faint. I just was not with it at all. And I think because he obviously felt that I wasn't with it, he started being a little bit cheeky. Um, and then I went into the test and I was like, right, just get this test out of the way, do the best that you can. Um, and smash it that was my only aim I went down the centre line he was fine I got probably about halfway through the test so I literally felt like I was going to fall off like I felt so poorly and I remember going back to the lorry like by myself and just crying like I was so upset because I got there like that was meant to be such a big achievement for me and it kind of got taken away and it wasn't my fault I was ill it wasn't Sneaky's fault that I was ill it wasn't any of the team that were around me's fault. It was just one of those things. It just happened. And anyone else with the right mindset at the time would have just gone, that's all right, there'll be another one. But I didn't. Um, I left there and I found it really, really difficult because I just thought, like, I got to that point and it all got taken away from me. Like, what's the point? What's the point in doing anything? <laughs> And it's, it was, yeah, it was not good. I wasn't doing the right thing, but I, that's just what I was thinking at the time. And I couldn't overcome that very easily. And I'd start for up and ride him and I wasn't as interested. I wasn't as involved. And obviously I just left college. So a lot changed in my life at that point. I now come into the real world and I needed a job to fund my very expensive school. <laughs> and everything was changing. And I just was in a really bad place. I started working um, full time in a riding school where I was teaching, which I loved at the start. But then I realised I was working like six days a week and I didn't have any time for my horses. And it, it put me off horses, in all honesty, because it was hard graft. And that was not something I was never necessarily ever worried about. I was always, I was always OK to put the effort in. But at that point, I was finding it really hard because I didn't have the motivation and I didn't necessarily want to do it. Um, and then towards September time, all our tack got stolen as well, which was another like kick in the teeth for us. I think it was just like, oh, is anything else gonna like try and knock me down? <laughs> um, so we dealt with that. We got all of that, that sorted. Um, and then I gave Sneaky a couple of months off because he was starting to get a little bit tense and a little bit sour. And I wanted him to enjoy it as much as I did. And I wasn't enjoying it. So that was the best thing for us to do. Um, and I tried to pick him up a couple of times, you know, through I had about two years break after that. I kind of lost all interest in competing, in riding altogether. I'd still teach a little bit here, there and everywhere. But I went and worked and sold cars, you know, I went completely out of the industry and it probably wasn't until just before Christmas just been, so 2019, I really started riding again, you know, I, I tried to pick it up, I, I, it sounds stupid, but it come back to sort of my years in ponies where I'd look at other people and I'd scroll down my Facebook newsfeed and I'd see the people I was competing with going out and doing really well at PSG and where I should be should have been had I continued and not quit as such and that kind of was like niggling at me I was like no I want to do it I want to do it and then I started riding again when I did a couple of tests early in the year I actually went and only did an elementary as my first test because 
I was so scared about any of the half pass work because I didn't want him to start rearing again. Um, so I just kept it really straightforward and then we went in elementary and we did all right, which we should have done really. Um, and that gave me confidence again. That gave me a bit of a buzz and it gave me feel like I wanted to do it. And then I went into the medium and I was like, okay, we can definitely do this. And it started, you know, we started getting a little bit stronger. He started getting stronger. And um, we started working towards more of the PSG movements, the into one movements, which is kind of where we are now. Um, and he is strong. He is ready. If lockdown wasn't here, we would be out there um, competing. But I think it's probably the best thing that happened for both of us because I took two years away to kind of go, is this definitely what you want to do? You know, I had opportunities to sell Sneaky at the time and I was adamant that wasn't what I was going to do. We turned him out for two years and let him be a horse. He's always been a dressage horse. He's always been out for two hours a day and in and rugged up to the heavens. But he kind of had two years where he could chill um, and be himself a little bit. And he's come back so much happier and so much stronger. And I'm more positive and more relaxed now because I feel like everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. You know, there's loads of things I haven't even mentioned, but it all fell down. And now I'm like, I'm just going to do it because I want to do it and I want to have fun. And it's a completely different attitude to when I was doing it to get on the team and I was doing it to, to be the best of that age category, whereas now I'm doing it for me. Very different. <laughs> so what kind of things would you say were the pivotal things that really helped you change that mindset and get out of that well to get back into it I suppose really I think time you know I actually needed I needed some time uh, towards the end of 2017 I didn't know if I was going to ride a horse again um, I genuinely didn't know if I was just gonna my parents talked about selling sneaky um and I didn't want to do that, which kind of, I suppose, gave an inkling that that wasn't what I wanted. But I genuinely thought I was going to walk away from horses altogether. You know, um, I started looking at houses and stuff away where there would be no land or no opportunity for horses. And I was OK with that. I was kind of trying to look at different hobbies and keep myself busy with other things. But I think as time went on, I started to miss it a little bit more. Um and then I probably realised when I did start actually riding again how much I really did miss it. But I did try and pick it up through two years. I did try and get back on him a good couple of times for a week or two weeks. And it was, and I kind of lose interest again and, and not be as, as bothered. Or And it wasn't that I wasn't committed. It was completely different from commitment. It was just like, I can't be bothered. I don't, it's not going to work. If I can't do it to my best ability, it's not going to work. And I mean, I'm still learning from this journey. Obviously, six months ago is not a very long time. Anything could change now. I don't know. But um, it's taught me a lot along the way, I think. Definitely. I, I did find it very difficult because um, it was like you achieved something. You know, you got to where you wanted to be and then it all just got like taken away from you at the very last step. So it was it was really difficult. But, you know, I've enjoyed riding him so much more over the last six months. Um, I've just, we've just started setting up sort of um, a business, Apex, which is what's hopefully going to be our future and our career. Um, but yeah, it's, it's taken a lot for me to realise that that's what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> and so where did you find that motivation from to, to give it another go? Because you say you tried it and it didn't really, and it didn't really. What was the, the bit that made you realise actually gonna stick with it this time actually is different at least different now well I actually wound myself up so I used to hate looking at what other people were doing that was like one thing that I said to me myself all through my pony junior years I said focus on yourself don't look at other people but I felt like I needed a bit of annoyance and I needed a bit of buzz to get me back into it and to like prove things to people like I kind of that's what I thrived off of so I'd actually I sat um on my phone for ages watching youtube videos of people and going through social media and looking at other people and getting my head back in the industry and i started annoying myself with little tiny things and then i kind of wanted to go now i can do that and that's kind of what that's what did it for me i actually really wound myself up to the point where i was like no i've got to do this um but that's what I wanted to. I just didn't know how and I needed a bit of motivation. And my motivation at the time was to 
to change and to prove prove myself I suppose um yeah cool yeah and that's where we say comparison isn't helpful but actually um you need two types of motivation you need away from which is things you want to avoid and you need towards which is things that you want to get yeah. um and it sounds like you've been avoiding something for so long that you needed to, yeah. towards, you needed to find your what do I actually want rather than what am I running away from yeah. and sometimes it can be really useful to use others not for comparison but inspiration and to go yeah. actually do you know what you're doing that I want some of that now my chance yeah cool okay so amazing um I've got one comment here that did come in from Joe early on um so she says well done Katie you've got they're quicker than a lot of us it's greater to have watched you grow from the outside on Facebook over the years and it's lovely to meet you finally so is there anything you want to add or or cover that we haven't or anything you'd like to just kind of say to people now is your opportunity to do so I don't think so. I think obviously um, if anyone wants to talk to me about my journey, then please do feel free to either message me um, on Facebook or through our business. And I will, I've got the time for anybody. Um, there's a lot of things that obviously I haven't mentioned that have gone on through my journey. It has, it has been a really, really bumpy ride for me. Um, and I know that's the same for a lot of people, you know, 99.9%. Everybody has a bumpy journey unless they don't care, you know, and that's because you care. So if anyone wants any help or support or just someone to talk to and say, what, what do you want to do? I'm happy to speak to anybody um, and just give it your best, you know, do give it support everyone that, you know, whether it's your children, your family, your friends, but to give it your your best shot. Um, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, being there for someone. And like you say, you, you always wanted that person to take you under their wing. Is that something you think you'd probably end up doing for someone? yeah absolutely absolutely um you know I because I wanted that so bad I would be more than willing to give that to anybody so yeah I'm always here um happy to help anybody but um yeah if you just want to chat or anything just drop me a message and we can cool and so that people can find you what's your Facebook Insta YouTube whatever it is you've got what what's the best way Um, for you so Facebook and Insta is Apex Equestrian. So just give us a follow or drop us a message through there um, and you'll find me. <laughs> cool. And we've also made sure that you're linked to it on this as well. Yeah. But if anyone's on the podcast, go and find Apex, A-P-E-X. Is that right? Yeah. A question. So go and have a look for there. Well, thank you so much, Casey. It's been absolutely fascinating, really inspirational and lovely to hear from someone that's been through everything you've been through and has come out with such a great positive mindset and way of looking yeah. at things so thank you ever so much for your time and i'm sure plenty of people will probably be in touch great thank you thank you Bye. and i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i did if you want to listen to more of them then please do follow us in apple in google and on podbean hack your mindset with jenny is the name of this podcast so please do subscribe follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one bye everyone You got this, you got this, you know you're gonna rock this